Thanks for listening to the Velocity Church podcast. We hope that this message encourages you, inspires you, and challenges you to take your next step with Jesus. Now here's the message. Y'all glad to be at church today? Come on, are you glad to be at church today? Amen. We should be excited when we're in the presence of God. Amen. And just stir it up, man, excited for what God is going to do here today. We're in the book of Genesis, so if you brought your Bibles, first book of the Bible. Not, not too hard to find. Go ahead and you can turn there now if you brought your Bibles. If not, it'll be up on the screen today as well. But as you turn there, a uh, couple other things real quick I do want to mention. Um, so a couple things. Number one, man, our kids' uh, ministry is growing and I mean, really expanding and growing right now. And we're just in a season of growth here, which is exciting. And so one thing I do want to add to that, what comes with that is there's more kids. I mean, I walked in there last week to check out what they were doing back there, guys. That whole theater and legends was filled with kids worshiping Jesus, learning more and more about Jesus. It was just such a beautiful thing to see. And there's a lot of kids in there. There's a lot of kids in there. We've got our other classes as well. Uh, but with that, we need to prepare and be ready for as we grow and as ministry continues to grow to have uh, more help in those areas. And so if there's an area that you're looking for uh, getting involved, kids ministry, if that's something that interests you or it's been on your heart, um, then come talk to us after service. There's a kiosk right out there in the lobby. You can get more information that way. It's an easy way just on your way out. Stop at that little kiosk and you can request the info there. Of course, you can always talk to Hadley. She's in a legends class uh, after service at any time just to get some more details on curriculum and what curriculum we use and what the schedule looks like. I know that right now it's a monthly basis, but we're looking to expand and try to get more teachers with each other to help with all the kids. So that's exciting, right? Things are growing. Kids ministry is growing. And that's incredible. How many of you, that just brings you joy to see those kids back there uh, learning some biblical foundations. They're going to last for a lifetime. And uh, such an important, important, there's not one part of ministry more important than our kids ministry. Amen. And building the next generation, preparing them for this world that they're, they're entering into. So again, if that's something that interests you, or if you're just like, I want to get involved some way, and that's an area that, I, that interests me, uh, come reach out to us. Talk to us. Again, you can do the kiosk, or you can talk to Hadley after service, and she'd be glad to give you more help. And one more thing I want to add, we are also looking to expand and grow as we continue to bring more and more into, the, into this space um, on our setup and teardown team. And so we set up in here on Sunday mornings, and many of you, we already have uh, many volunteers that set up out in the lobby as well on a monthly basis. And uh, we're looking to grow that as well for more folks as a portable church setting up, tearing down week in, week out. Again, if there's an area that you're saying, how can I help? How can I get involved? Uh, we'd love for you to connect that way as well. You can come talk to me after service if that's something that interests you. Or maybe you've got a, a son or something like that. He's like, I, you know, I want to put, put him to work. Okay, bring him into church. We're more than happy to help put him to work a little bit. Uh, but, but great, great. Well, okay, Genesis chapter 15. If you're there, say amen. Amen, amen. What I want to do this morning, I want to read through the passage we're going to be in. We're going to focus on Genesis 15, uh, verses 1 through 6 today. So we're not going to go through that much, uh, those six verses. And, uh, 
And I want to read through, through that passage in, it, in its entirety here this morning. I want to pray, and then we're going to unpack all of this, what we're talking about here, because there's so much that's happening here in Genesis chapter 15. How many of you have enjoyed this series in the book of Genesis? This has blessed you when we go back to the beginning in the beginning, and we can see some foundational truths that have been there forever. And what you start to realize when you study Genesis is things haven't changed that much. I mean, the world we live in today still needs Jesus. The world we live in today is still dabbles in wickedness, right? And can we all agree that uh, there's a fallen, lost, broken world needs to know the love of God and needs to repent and give their lives to Jesus. It's very clear to see that. We see that all throughout Genesis. And now we're focusing in, we've been focusing the last few weeks on the life of Abraham, also known as Abram, right? And God's going to change his name to, uh, to Abraham, so Genesis chapter 15, let's go ahead and start reading here. So what it says, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Fear not, Abram, I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great. But Abram said, O Lord God, what will you give me? For I continue childless. And the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, behold, you have given me no offspring, and a member of my household will be my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, this man shall not be your heir. Your very own son shall be your heir. And he brought him outside and said, look toward heaven and number the stars if you are able to number them. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. And he believed the Lord and he counted it to him as righteousness. Let's pray one more time. Father God, Thank you for this opportunity we get to gather in your presence under your name. Holy Spirit, we ask for your guidance, your direction here this morning. Lead us, guide us. Pray that you'd open our hearts to receive your word, Lord. Pray that we'd open our eyes to see who you are and the love that you give us, Father. Thank you for meeting your people, Lord. Thank you for being such a gracious, loving, merciful God. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, Amen. Amen. Verse 1 starts off by saying, after these things. Somebody say, after these things. <laughs> you know, another translation, and maybe some of your Bibles say this, sometime later. Here's the question I want to ask. First, we got to remember the promise. What was the promise that Abraham was given? What was the promise he was given? Abraham, God tells him, I'm going to make of you a great nation. You're going to be a father, right? Do you all remember the promise in Genesis 12 that we read? I'm going to make of you a great nation. You're going to be a father, Abraham. What's the problem with that? His wife is barren. And, and in the natural, this is going to be a problem, right? She's barren. Uh, she can't have children. And, and, and so how many of you know that we serve a supernatural God who's not limited to our natural circumstances? That he can override the natural? How many of you are grateful? Some of y'all here this morning, you just need to be set free in knowing that. That God is not limited to the situation you're dealing with right now, but he's a supernatural God who can override the natural and he can do something supernatural in your life. And that's what it's going to take here in scripture for them to have a child. That's the promise. And we read in chapter 15, after these things, well, after what things? Sometime later, how, how much time has passed? Well, the truth is we don't know exactly how much time has passed, but what we do know is at minimum 10 plus years have passed 
from when we read in Genesis 12, when God gives Abraham the promise, he's going to make him a father of, of, of many nations. And then we read here in chapter 15, after these things. How many of you know that's a long time? God gives the promise, and he's like, awesome, they're excited, right? I mean, how many of you remember you found out you were going to have a child? What did you feel like when you found out you were going to have a child? Oh my goodness, exciting, exciting, right? And you're picking out names, right? What are we going to call him? Or what are we going to call her? You know, is it going to be a boy or is it going to be a girl first? Like, how's this going to work? And you, you start decorating the nursery. You start getting everything like, you know, together. You start getting the baby clothes and you start planning, getting excited. Well, that's what's happened. You got to think this is what's going on with Abraham. He's been preparing. They've been planning. They've been waiting for the promise to be fulfilled. He's going to be a father. Him and his wife, Sarah, are going to be parents. God's given them that promise. And sometime later, see, I want to talk to people today who maybe you're living today in between the promise and sometime later. You're in a season of waiting in the middle. You're in the middle of, of, of the promise and sometime later. And I want you to know today that God is true to his word and he's faithful. Amen. He's faithful. And, but, but, but I want you to understand what, what Abraham and Sarah are feeling. You know, one month goes by, just try to put yourself in their situation. Okay. We're not pregnant this month. It'll be next month. Then another month goes by and another month. Oh, not this month, but they're still excited. Not that month, not this month. And one disappointment after another. And, and over, over a period of time, you've got to think, you know, they're, they're kind of like, God, where are you? Have you ever been there before in life? Have you ever, I mean, let's just, let's just not act like we're the, you know, uh, the church of the chosen frozen here today. Uh, have you ever, have you ever honestly just questioned, God, where are you? You know, it's okay to ask God questions. God can handle your questions. That's what it means to have a relationship with God. Yeah. Oh, you shouldn't ask questions. No, God's not intimidated by your questions. As a matter of fact, you need to bring your questions to him. He invites you into that. And so, and so God, God, where are you? What's going on here? We thought we were going to have a child. You know, you, you gave us the promise, but we haven't seen anything yet. We've been waiting. We've been waiting. We feel like we've been faithful. And what's going on in one month after another month after another month? And there may be, you may be here today and maybe you're going through a similar season as Abraham and Sarah. And I don't know what it is for you, but maybe you're in the middle and you're waiting for that promise to be fulfilled. And can I just tell you today that God is always true to his promise and he is faithful. After these things, time has gone on. The Bible says that the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. It's not a dream. He's speaking to Abraham while he's awake. First off, how many of you are glad that God still speaks? He speaks to his people. God hasn't stopped speaking. It's not a question of whether or not God speaks in your life. The question is whether or not you or I are listening. Uh, God is speaking. What are we listening? And, and to take it a step further, not to run down a rabbit trail here this morning, but uh, you're giving your ear to something. So what are you choosing to give your ear to? What are you choosing to be led by? What are you choosing to listen? God still speaks. God is still speaking today. This is what he says in this vision. Fear not, Abram. I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great. Somebody say, fear not. Fear not. 
Those two words, fear not, in one form or fashion, when we read scripture and we go through the Bible, we see this time and time and time again. Fear not, do not be afraid, do not worry, one time after another after another. And we start to ask ourselves, why do we constantly see God, you know, in the text telling us, fear not, do not be afraid, do not worry, do not be anxious. I mean, over and over and over again. Why is he constantly pointing us to fear not? Because you and I can so easily be gripped by a spirit of fear. And if we're not careful, we can live our lives in bondage, gripped like fear has got a hold on us to where we can't move forward into the things that God is calling us into because we're so gripped by the spirit of fear that it's preventing us from stepping into all that God has for us. And we see this all over. I mean, hey, look, look, a couple years back, you saw a case study in our world of what it looks like to live in fear. I mean, you know what it looks like to live in fear, right? The first thing people do is what? They buy all the toilet paper. That's, that's what happens. It's like, hey, man, if it goes down, we're going to have toilet paper. Just know that, all right? We're good on the toilet paper. The bottled waters, I mean, they start flooding off the shelves, right? I mean, time and time again, you see this, and we can be gripped by a spirit of fear. If we're not careful, we can let that take root in us and in our hearts. I want you to hear me on this today is this. It's not a sin for fear to come at you, okay? In life, as a Christian, you're going to face some opposition, and there are going to be things that you could be fearful about. It's not a sin when the fear comes knocking, but when we decide to open the door and let it in, then it takes root. And we've got to be really careful that we're not letting fear take root in our hearts, that we're, we're not allowing fear to dictate our lives. And I'll just get really practical with you here this morning. Uh, if, if we're not careful, and even with our kids, we can do this, we can allow our phones to become... Fear triggers. I mean, this, this right here can become a fear trigger. Do you know that? Like, I don't want to be a person that the algorithm targets as someone who's prone to checking into worrisome articles. Okay? <laughs> and if I'm not careful, I'm like, oh, why am I getting inundated with all of this? Like, oh, this disease causes this and that causes this. Oh, no, this happened to this person. And you got to be careful about why is, it, why is it targeting your phone, right? I'm just saying, and I know it's real practical. I'm talking to you here today because I want to, I, I feel like it's important to talk about this. We got to make sure we don't allow our, our phones to turn into fear triggers. And even in our kids' lives, right, the same thing can happen. Today, statistically, more children are on some form of anxiety medication now than ever before, right? And, and we've got to be careful that we're not allowing this thing to dictate and to get in us into where we, okay, what is this? Oh my goodness. What, what does WebMD say about this? Oh, oh my goodness. And, and what happens is we let it get in our heart and out of the abundance of the heart and the mouth speaks. And so we start talking fear. And that's what, that's what happens. You start saying, people start talking fear. It's like, it's coming out of my mouth. Oh no, what about the, oh, but what about the, or this could happen. Perfect love casts out fear. The spirit of fear needs to be cast out of your life. Don't let it take root. 
when it comes knocking at your door, and it will come knock at your door, you've got to say, I'm not opening, I'm not opening up to that. And, and I'll say this too, Satan likes to mask fear and wisdom. So I don't want to be ignorant. That's right, you don't want to be ignorant. Make sure you don't have a spirit of fear. Make sure you're not walking with a spirit of fear. Make sure you're not letting that dictate and control your life. Right? People might call you wise, but you're never going to move mountains like that. Don't let Satan dictate the direction you're going and try to be crafty and sneaky and say, you're being wise about this. I think, you know, we got to be careful and make sure, am I not letting a root of fear, am I not letting fear root down inside of my heart, take control of my life? What does he say right after? Fear not, Abram. I am your shield. How many of you know here this morning that God is a great shield? I am your shield. You don't have to be afraid because I am your shield. See, God doesn't tell us that we're not going to go through any, uh, that we're not going to go through any challenges in life. We're not going to have any difficult seasons. Like things are going to be tough. You're going to have to face some opposition. I mean, I hate to break it to you, but the need for a shield means you might endure some attack. That's the Christian life. You might endure some attack and go through some seasons. But God is a great shield. And it's trusting in him. When we read throughout scripture, we see fear not, fear not, do not worry. It's often followed by, when you read through the Bible, I am with you. Why don't you need to worry? I'm your shield. I'm with you. You don't need to be in fear. It's very simple because I'm with you. I haven't left you. And a lot of people think, well, my fear would just go away if all the things that I'm fearful of just, you know, moved on. If I got that job that I've been banking on, you know, I started making that kind of income, you know, once I start attaining all these things, then, then all my fears would just go away if those things would just, would just get past me. Peace does not come from the absence of trouble. Peace comes from resting in the presence of God. The only way we are going to experience peace in our lives is when we rest in his presence. We know that he's my shield. He's my shield. And he goes before me. It's like, I know it's going to be tough, but God's like, I'm going to get in between you and your enemy. I know it's going to be challenging, but I'm your shield and I'm going to protect you. And, and as you go through it, I'm going to be with you through it. I'm not going to leave you in the storm and I'm, I'm not going to leave you alone in the trial and I'm not going to leave you by yourself and lost in the season. I'm going to be present there with you through it. Amen. Amen. And he says, your reward shall be very great. He's reminding him, pointing him back to the promise. Verse two, but Abram said, oh Lord God, what will you give me? For I continue childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, Behold, you have given me no offspring, and a member of my household will be my heir. So what's Abram doing here? He still got questions. I know what you told me, God, but man, I don't, I still don't have a child, right? I haven't seen the promise fulfilled yet. And many of us, we can relate to that. 
Again, uh, what, what is Abraham doing here? He's bringing his questions to God. And I want you to know this morning, that's healthy. Like, it's not like, oh, he's, he's lacking faith because he's bringing questions to God. No, he has relationship with God. What it looks like to live in a relationship with God is you bring those questions to him. I don't understand this, God. I don't know what you're doing. Where are you at? What's happening? What's happening? God can handle those questions, but I know you're with me. I know you're my shield. I know you're my protector. I know that as I go through it, you're going to walk through it with me. You're not going to leave me alone. You're not going to abandon me. You're not going to forsake me. You're present in time of need. And you have to you have to tell yourself that. You have to minister that. You have to remind yourself that God's with you. His presence is with you. He hasn't left you. He has not left you. God can handle our questions. He is not intimidated by our questions. Verse 4 says, And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. It says, This man shall not be your heir. Your very own son shall be your heir. What does he do? Points him right back to the promise. This man's not going to be your heir. It's your son, Abraham. I'm going to remind you of the promise. My promises haven't changed. See, this is where we've got to trust God's timing. Okay, God's timing isn't always my timing. God's timing isn't always your timing. But God's timing is always perfect. I want his timing because his timing is perfect. I don't want my timing. I want his timing. I want his timing. What's happening here with Abraham? Remember this, that Abraham, he comes from, you know, he's the first chain in a, in a link uh, of, of faith. And his family, you know, he doesn't come from a, a faith-filled family, right? This is new for Abraham. It's, it's God's timing, Abraham. It's in his timing. And it's like, God's like, I've got to, you're going to become a father, but before you can be a good father, I've got to teach you how to be a son. You need to learn how to be a good son so that you can father the way that you need to be fathered, the way that you need to father. And there are a lot of dads, there are a lot of men, there are a lot of fathers out there today. You haven't learned how to be fathered by your heavenly father because we haven't bent our knee in submission to our Heavenly Father. Ham said, I'm, I'm in submission to your leadership, Lord. He's got to learn to be a good son so that he can be a good father. Amen. Amen. And in the same way, men, we've got to learn to be good sons of our Heavenly Father so that we can father, so we can be the right kind of husband. We can be the right kind of father that's leading our families in the way of the Lord. Amen? And that means, that means submitting to the heavenly father and leading from that place. It's not domineering. It's not like, uh, it's my way or the highway, men. I mean, we tend to, I know, but it's letting, it's, 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 it's submitting to him. It's looking to him and saying, God, you lead, you lead God and direct Holy Spirit, you lead in my life. And, and if we haven't come to a place in our lives, we're going to lead our families in the wrong direction. If we're not being led by the Holy Spirit, then you're being led by something. That's the truth. So it's like, oh, I'm just leading my way. That's cute. No, you're not. No, you're not. Something is leading. We got to be led by the Holy Spirit. 
We got to live led by the Holy Spirit. And it starts, and I say this time and time again, it starts with us, man. It starts with us in the household. We got to we got to foster that. we got to work that. And we've got to work on our relationship with our Heavenly Father and say, you lead God in direct, Father. Goes on to say this, and I want to, I want to do this today. I want to show you this little illustration here this morning because what, what comes next is he brings him outside. And so Abraham is inside his tent. So I'm going to... Oh, man. This is a spacious tent. Wow. So Abraham is inside this tent. And, and I want you to think for just a moment in your life, how many times spiritually you've been inside the tent, like Abraham, thinking about all the things that God hasn't done and all the things, God, you said you were going to do this and it hasn't happened. I haven't seen it. God, my children, I don't know what direction they're going in, but I know what your promise is and I know what it is for my life and I don't know what's happened. I don't know what's going on, but they're, they're far. They've gone far in the wrong direction. Where are you, God? I lost my job and I can't keep up with uh, my finances and, and what's going on with the bills. They're piling up and I don't know what to do. I don't know how to respond, God. I don't know where you are, what's happening, what's going on in my life. I got a bad doctor's report and the doctor said that it didn't look good. Where are you, God? Have you left me? Have you forsaken me? And many of you right now, you're, you're living in this way. It's like you're looking all around you, but all you see is the roof of your tent and you're not reminded of the promise that God has given you and you're focused on everything around you, and all the things that you haven't seen come to pass. God, where are you? And what does the Bible say? He brought him outside of his tent. He steps out of his tent, and what does it say? He looks up, Look at the stars, Abraham. Look at the stars. Can you count them? It's like, I can't count them. So shall your offspring be. Here's what I want you to hear this morning. Abraham was thinking addition God was thinking multiplication. Abraham was thinking about a son and God is thinking about a nation. I want to read to you Galatians. Galatians 3, this is what it says. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. If you are Christ, you are Abraham's offspring. What does that mean? That means that you, you've accepted Jesus, you're in Christ Jesus. Then when he's speaking about the descendants of Abraham, the spiritual descendants of Abraham, he's speaking of you. How many of you are glad here this morning that when Abraham was thinking of his son, God was thinking about you. He was looking all the way into the future, thinking of you. 
Come on, give him praise here this morning. He's thinking multiplication. We often think in terms, oh, addition, addition, addition. Son, God's like, no, I'm thinking nation. I'm thinking bigger. I'm thinking of something greater than you can imagine. And quite frankly, Abraham, my, my timing is perfect. And it's not happening in your timing because I'm working something out and I'm doing something in the middle. I'm working in between the promise and sometime later. I haven't left you. I haven't forsaken you. Don't be afraid. I'm still working. God is still at work. God is still working. I want you to know here today that no matter what difficulty you are facing right now in life, maybe it's something in the past that you've held on to or a challenge or a season that you're going through right now. God is still at work and his promises are still true. His promises are still true. And I would say today, we need to spiritually take a step outside of our tent and, and look up again and remind yourself of the promise. And we have to do that. And we have to train ourselves to do that. Remind myself of the promise. What I'm going through right now, uh, the season might be contradicting the promise. Well, what am I going to choose to trust and what am I going to choose to hold on to? Am I going to choose to hold on to my, my natural situation or am I going to choose to believe in who he is? And that this world changes, but he never changes. Trends change and Jesus never changes. Ideas change, God never changes. Seasons change, he never changes. Situations, trials, tribulations change, he never changes. What am I putting my faith and my hope in? What am I building my life on? Because if you want your life to look like a roller coaster, you'll build your life on natural things that are, you know, seasons and, oh, this is, this is what's going on now and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live in fear of this or I'm going to live in fear of that and your life's going to look like this. But when you anchor yourself to the word that never changes, when you anchor yourself to his truth, his promise, and let me just say the truth, the truth. <laughs> When you anchor yourself to the truth, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Jesus is the truth. Thanks for listening today. To stay connected, visit us online at velocityburnham.org and follow us on Instagram. And if you're ever in the Burnham area, we'd love to have you visit us on a weekend. Thanks again, and we hope to see you soon.